give me a minute, I'll just tidy up. Um, okay, during this little word, on each of these chairs I'm going to put a different uh, ball, okay? And uh, I guess I've lost my ping pong ball, so we'll put a tennis ball there. That's actually quite light. And the idea is following through the theme. Now this takes courage from you, okay? And it's nothing to do with anybody else other than you and God. It might be that this morning as I am, as I am sharing what I have to share, that God just touches you. It might be that you have a weight in your heart and it won't shake. It might be that you want a job. And, and the weight of wanting that job and every door seems to be closing is, is, is intense for you. It might be that you have the weight of unforgiveness, that you, you cannot forgive somebody. There's a weight there and you're carrying that round and no matter, even when you bring it to God, you cannot break through. It might be that you have done something that you're not best pleased of and you don't want to tell anyone else and you're praying about it, but it's a weight. Just, just see what I'm, what I'm saying. We carry weights sometimes. We, we carry heavy weights of personality, of, of our emotions sometimes. It might be that there's somebody that every time you see them, you cross over the road because you don't want to bump into them because of something they've done or because of something you've done. Do you, do you get, I, I don't know if you're with me on that. I'm like that sometimes. You know, there's people that I will cross over because I carry a weight. I carry weight and, 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 I'm, and I want to bring that, uh, that thought to us this morning and I believe that I believe in answer to prayer. I believe God answers prayer. No doubt about that. I've seen it. I've experienced it. There is no doubt whatsoever that God definitely answers prayer. And it might be this way. So what I'm going to say to you, if, if you feel there's a weight, it might be a weight of an illness. You might be ill. And you can't seem to shake it. So what I'm going to say is, if that's a heavy weight, I'm going to suggest you come and I'm just going to suggest you pick this up if you're able. If you're not, try that one. And just hold it a minute and say, Lord, you know this weight I'm carrying. I want to give it you. And put it back down. And it might be that you can't go to that one. You might just simply say, Lord, I'll carry it like this for a while. But eventually I want to get to this one, which is like a bubble. Okay? It should be a ping pong ball, but I've lost it. Anyway, use your imagination. Alright? I was, uh, I was, I was speaking at a celebration last week, Thursday, and, um, and God just gave me really, a real vision, actually. I might have mentioned this to you before, where, you know, when you get in prayer, I don't know if you've ever done this, and it first happened to me in India, and it's happened to me several times since, but I was, I was taken into the throne room of God, okay? This is all I can experience within my thinking, within myself. And Jesus gave me ping pong balls. And, and I didn't understand the significance of it until this morning. And, and, and it's that, that, that Jesus' burden is light. His yoke is easy. He doesn't want us to carry this thing. And, and you're welcome to try and pick this up because you'll see it's not light. He don't want us to carry that around with us. He says, listen, put that down. Ping pong balls, this is what you need to be carrying. Put them in your pocket. It's okay. We do know that we are, we're always going to do something wrong, don't we? We might, we might ask Jesus to completely forgive us and be born again today and tomorrow we could do something wrong. This afternoon we could get angry and lie or shout or bawl at somebody. You do know that, don't you? That is our experience of life, isn't it? And God just simply, I said, okay Lord, what shall I share this morning? 
What shall I share? Wineskins. Solely said wineskins, wineskins. Well, what about wineskins? Wineskins. I want you to tell you about wineskins. So, okay. So, uh, you, the, 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 where it came from was that verse Psalm uh, 119. I am shriveled like a wineskin in the smoke, exhausted with waiting. Are you this morning shriveled? Like a wineskin in the smoke. You know what a wineskin is? As a wineskin, obviously, it's used for carrying wine. And what the people used to do is they'd go out in the desert, they'd take the wineskins, and, and the wine would be in there, and then at night they'd have the fire to keep them warm. And they'd hang the wineskin up on the top of the tent or the tabernacle or whatever they'd made. And the smoke from the fire would go up, and it would affect the wineskin. The smoke would, would dry the wineskin. It would make it brittle and dry, and it would make it... Um, Almost unusable. And, and God sort of impressed upon me. We are like wineskins. If you imagine you're a wineskin, alright? You are a wineskin this morning. And uh, we can read in uh, Mark's Gospel. And it talks about, uh, in Mark's Gospel, it says this. Jesus says this. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the new, pa- the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. So he pours new wine into new wineskins. I think our God is about making new wineskins. Jesus wants to make us new wineskins. In Jesus we can become a new wineskin. And, uh, and to share that this morning with you, I don't know where you are in your walk, in your life, whether you feel like you are the wineskin that David wrote about, I am shriveled like a wineskin in the smoke. Have you ever been shriveled like a wineskin in the smoke? Have you ever been there where everything's just overwhelmingly on top of you and you, you cannot find a way forward? Well, the good news is, Jesus wants to make us new wineskins. So, what are wineskins made out of? Well, some of you might know that I work in leather. So, the best way I thought to, ex- to, to get this across to you is show you some leather, alright? So, we've two types of leather here. Okay. And this type is this making a noise? Shall I move it down a bit? Okay, this type of leather here. This leather, good leather, it's okay. Um, I need a little volunteer. Not little as in person, but just a volunteer. Little just came out by the... <laughs> Any volunteer I just need? Any volunteer? Just, 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 I just want, it's dead simple. I just want you to tear this for me. Thanks, Eric. Eric knows a bit about leather. Okay, if you're an old wineskin, this will what happened to you. Just tear that, Eric. Okay, see how easy that, you wouldn't think leather could tear that easy, would you? See how easy that tears? Thanks, Eric. So that, piece of leather there. That's what an old wineskin is like. We will rip, we will tear. When certain things come against us, life comes against us, we tear, we rip, we break. We, we wonder, is there any way forward? We struggle with life. Some of us are like this, we tear too easy. 
However, there's a different leather. That's Italian leather. Now this leather... This leather is Scottish leather. Different type of leather. Still leather. Come and tear this one, alright? If you tear it, I'll slap you. <laughs> Just tear that. Go on, go for it. Now this is Scottish leather. For those who want to know what a proper height of uh, Scottish leather looks like. You'll get there eventually. You noticed the difference though, didn't you? So this is Scottish leather, okay? If you make a wineskin in this, it won't tear. It won't tear. Jesus wants to make us wineskins in Scottish leather, okay? Scottish leather, okay? So if Jesus says, what do you want? You want Scottish leather, alright? That Scottish leather, if you make a fur leather furniture in Scottish leather, it costs a lot more money, but it'll last 30 to 40 years. If you make a leather suite in Italian leather like this, it'll last between 15 and 20 years where you start seeing significant wear. If you don't look after it, uh, sorry, if you look after it, if you don't look after it, you'll be lucky to get 10 years out of it with uh, just... That's the difference. Jesus wants to take us from here to here. He wants to take us from here to here. It's very difficult to tear this, as Eric would admit. It's just like... You know, you really have to tear, you really have to pull and to tear it. It's for if anyone who wants to go, you're more than welcome to have a go. It's very difficult. God wants to make us new wineskins, okay, in correct leather, proper leather. How does he do that? How does he do that, you might ask. Well, and why would we want to be made a new, new wineskin anyway? I mean, you might not even want to be a wineskin. You might even not want to be made new. And the Bible clearly, quite, uh, quite clear, uh, explains these to us. Jesus, as I said, talks to the talks to the disciples about wineskins. At the start of the service, Julie very kindly read from Galatians chapter five, verse sixteen to twenty-six, and um, it's talking about uh, the fruit of the spirit and the fruit of the sinful nature, the acts of sinful nature, and. Uh, let me say that, let me find this. It's from Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. Uh, basically, Paul is saying, the Bible is saying, uh, so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. So right at the start, we've got to realize that we have an option. There's two choices. We have the sinful nature, okay, and we have the spiritual nature. So life in the sinful nature, life in the spirit. Two choices. And when we're born, we're born into the sinful nature. We can all sin. It comes easy. It comes natural. It's easy to sin. And, and the good news about Jesus is that what Jesus says, he says, he says, listen, my father sent me to, to show you that there's a different way. And you don't have to live in the sinful nature of an old wineskin that tears easy. He's saying you can live in a spiritual nature, in life, life to its fullness. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, long-suffering. All the wonderful gifts that are available to us if we will become new wineskins. 
if we become new wineskins. The Bible talks about being born again. Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can someone be born again? How can they be born again? What, does that mean you've to enter your mother's womb a second time? And this was one of, this is one of the top teachers in Israel, and Jesus said, you're a teacher. How can you not know that that's not possible? Why would you even contemplate such a thing? No. We're not talking about the flesh, we're talking about the spirit. We're talking about the spirit. There's a, there's something inside every single one of us that is God-shaped. Okay? It is God-shaped. And Jesus wants us to fill it with Jesus. Jesus wants us to fill it with the Holy Spirit. What do we fill our God shapes with? We fill it, if you're in the sinful nature, money. A lot of people only interested in money. That is the drive, money. That is the drive. Maybe fast cars. Uh, you know, going out every weekend. Uh, just living for that. Living in the sinful nature. Not really caring about other people. That is, that, is, that, that is the fruit of the sinful nature. That is what you find. We've just read it here. Or we will read it now. It's, uh, it says here, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Basically, what Paul was saying to him is, they actually knew this. They weren't thick, these people. They knew this. There were some philosophers at that time. They know, we know when we do wrong, right? We know when we do things wrong, don't we? We know what is wrong and what is right. And this is Paul saying, no, listen, it's obvious. Uh, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies. And he doesn't finish it there. He says, and the like. That means there's more. That means the list is endless and I could add and add and add. And the like. So just because we might, that isn't an exhausted list. We might think, oh well, yeah, I'm okay there, okay there, okay there. Tick the list. Yeah, I don't do that, I don't do that. But guess what? And the like. Your thing might not be listed in here, but it's still wrong. It's still wrong. It's still sinful nature. And, uh, and then he says, uh, then he says, uh, about, I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. The fact is, if we continue in this way as Christians, so-called Christians, we won't inherit the kingdom of God. It's quite clear. We will not inherit the kingdom of God that Paul says. And I'm quite, I was thinking about this this morning. I was thinking, you know, we can bring our children, as Christian men and women, when we bring our children up in a Christian family, we really, really need to impress upon them the teachings of Jesus and who God is. We really need to do that. And we need to do that to teach them, to read the Bible, to pray with them and encourage them. uh, Because it's difficult... When they get older, they might know all the answers. Okay, we live in relatively a moral society, depending where you live. So, i.e., we know our country is built on the morality of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not steal. Don't commit murder. You know, uh, don't commit adultery. The Ten Commandments, our country is pretty much built on that, and our Christian faith is built on that. And we know that, we can learn that. So we can learn how to be good. We can all learn how to be good. And there's a lot of good people out there that are good. They're living in the sinful nature, but they're good. Okay? But if something hits them, they could tear like an old wineskin. And Jesus, he wants us to be filled with his spirit. 
So he wants to encourage us and show us how to live good. We can be born again by the Spirit of God, by just simply accepting who Jesus Christ is. We can be born again. We just need to say, Lord God, I believe in Jesus. I want to go further. And we're all in that place. And God can forgive us and help us to be forgiven in what we do. And... um, It says this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. You see, a lot of people are living under law. You have not to commit murder. You have not to steal. You have not to commit adultery. But if you look at our country, how close is it to that? We live in a broken country. Why? Because we break one of the Ten Commandments. We don't love the Lord our God. As a country, as a nation, we don't love the Lord our God. We've invited, we've invited other religions to come in to worship their gods amongst us. I, uh, I was, uh, I've had conversations about uh, about uh, Muslims, for example, and and some people say, well, well, will Muslims go to heaven? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except by me. So that's what Jesus said. So then some people will bend it a little bit and say, well, does he really say that? But I believe that that's what he said and that's what he means. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I met a guy when I was on holiday called Hugh. And seven years ago, he was a Buddhist and his wife was a Muslim. They came to Christ. They found Jesus. And then, when I, when I was talking to him, two years prior to my conversation with him, he told me the story that they went to this Muslim lady, and that she'd asked them to go and pray with her. So they went to pray with her, she needed healing. As they prayed with her, the Spirit of God fell upon her, and she fell on the floor. And she was just out, she was just out in the Spirit. When she came round, she said to them, she said, I've been praying to Allah for ten years. Nothing has ever happened. I've known Jesus for ten days. And he's come upon me and the impress and the joy and the peace that I have now through knowing Jesus is just so immense. It's so amazing. Jesus is the answer. Not Allah. Jesus is the answer. Jesus. Life by the Spirit. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, you are born again indeed. You are refreshed. You are born again. So we have the sinful nature versus the Spirit. And... um, we realise we need to be in a place because before we're born again we need to realise that there are these two kingdoms. There's a kingdom of light and the kingdom of dark. And the kingdom of light is, is Jesus and God and the spirit and the kingdom of darkness is the sinful nature. There are two kingdoms. And what Christianity does uh, is it brings people to a place where they can understand about the kingdom of light. The Christianity is introducing the possibility of a kingdom of light. And if, you, and if you will accept it and take it, then you start your journey. But until you do that, you will never start that journey. You just will never start that journey. Until you accept the kingdom of light. It's possible. By faith. You'll not start the journey and you will always live in the kingdom of darkness. And the dangerous for Christians is some of us, we live with one foot in each one. And what God wants to say to us this morning is, listen, you need to become new wineskins. I want to make new wineskins out of you. Why? Because I want to pour my spirit into you and I want you to be enjoy life. Jesus said, I have come that you will have life and life to the fullness. What does that mean? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Doing a good turn, helping people. Somebody said to me, it's okay for you to go into here, alright, you can afford it. It's not about finances. It's nothing about that. I felt quite insulted actually. 
I thought, but I didn't say nothing. I just sat there and thought about it. It's, it's nothing to do with finances, whether I can afford to go to India. The reason why I'm going to India is because I believe God wants me to go to India. And I've seen the plight of those little poor children and the orphans with nothing. They have nothing. And, and, and if the Bible says, you know, God says the kind of religion that God likes is feeding the orphans and taking care of the widows... That's the kind of... Because what he's saying, it's, it's the poor. You can guarantee, right, that the rich people of our country will not turn this country around towards God. You can guarantee that. Why? Because they've got the money. Why do they need anything other than that? Did, did Jesus not say you cannot both serve both God and money? Did he not say that? We cannot serve both. And so I think, from the poor people... The people, the people like you and me that work week in, week out, pay our taxes week in, week out for this nation and for this people. If, if we do not embrace all that God has for us and for this country, the country will never change. It will always be a broken country. And so it's down to us. And every other Christian within our nation that needs to get hold of this new wine of Jesus, this new teaching, this new possibility. Because I believe that we're getting fed mixed wine. And what mixed wine is, it's that, well, we'll have a little bit of this religion, and we'll have a little bit of this, and we'll have a little bit of this, and it's okay, and all roads lead to heaven, and that's fine. That's nothing what Jesus said, and that's not what our God intended when he sent Jesus to die on the cross. Because if that was the case, why on earth would he send his son to die on the cross? He would not. He would not. So we need to get back to basics, some of us. We need to realise just where we are with Jesus and who Jesus really is. And is he really the way? And can he really fill me with the Spirit? And does he really heal? And I want to tell you, yes, 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 and yes. He can, he does, he will. If you give him a chance. He will transform our lives. He'll transform your life. He'll transform my life. And even tomorrow I might do something wrong. Because I am sinful. Somebody told me about uh, two dogs. I kind of think, actually, I kind of think we're like, we're like twins walking about. I'm twins here. I've got my spiritual nature and I've got my sinful nature. And I'm, there's two of them and, and I have this battle within. And we're all twins. And we've got, a good, we've got a good part of us and we've got a bad part of us. Every single one of us in this room is the same. We're twins, we're like twins. Or you can liken it to having two dogs, a black dog and a white dog. And if you feed the black dog, guess what? The black dog will be stronger than the white dog. And if you feed the white dog, the white dog will be stronger than the black dog. The black dog being your sinful nature, the white dog being your spiritual nature. So how do we feed the white dog? By reading the scriptures, by encouraging each other, by praying and by asking God to fill us with his spirit we all possess two natures one old and one new every Christian every Christian you have an old nature and you have a new nature and it's which one we let overpower us which one we let rule us who are you going to let rule you this morning which nature are you going to let be the strongest in you today for tomorrow for when you go to work these are, these are the challenging questions of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. These are, I think, people talk about the end times. These are where we really have to get back to realise where we are. And, and look again. Unless the Lord builds a house, it's labourers labour in vain. 
unless the Lord builds the house. How can the Lord build the house? We have to go to the Lord. We have to ask Him to, uh, to guide us and to lead us. So these two, these two characteristics, they coexist within each one of us. We have a good side and we have a bad side. What Jesus says is, listen, I want, come to me and I'll give you a ping pong ball. He said, that's what Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you some ping pong balls that are a lot easier to carry than the pain of the sinful nature of unforgiveness and all that's tied up in that. Jesus is just amazing how he, uh, how he can help us and guide us. So the fruit of the Spirit that takes the place of the acts of the sinful nature, how can we do that? How can we build up the, the spiritual nature over the sinful nature? How do we do that? We confess our sins. What does that mean? We just say, just like we did with the children, we just say, Lord, sorry. Will you help me? Lord, I'm sorry that I never listened to you. There's a, there's a verse in the scriptures that Jesus talks about going into the, going behind closed doors, just you and God, just you and the Father. It's not about what happens in, in the community of people or in a prayer group or anything. It's about intimacy with you and, and God behind the closed door. And, uh, I want to encourage you to consider trying to do that if you don't already do it. And if you do already do it, I want to encourage you to do it even more. Because that's what I've been doing. That's what I've started to do, and I've noticed a transformation in my walk with God. I've noticed that the spiritual side's been getting stronger than the sinful side. And I don't just get as angry at the things I used to get angry at, and I have a lot more patience than I used to have. And if somebody cuts me up on the road, or does something stupid, I don't want to kill them anymore. I'm okay with that. And if I drive down the road, you know, I'll let people come out in front of me. Because I don't mind. Because it doesn't matter. But I've been there wanting to rip somebody's head off. I've been there. And also, you know, profess to be a Christian. Uh, and, but, but spending time with God on that one-to-one intimacy, that I want to encourage you, that's that how it, God just works and blesses us and fills us with His Spirit. Keep relying on that God. In verse 18, what's it say? In verse 18 it says this, uh, but if you are not, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Be led by the Spirit. Keep relying on the Spirit of God. Then you'll be led by the Spirit, not under law. And then another one is keep on receiving. In verse 16, it says this. Verse 16, it says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. How do we live by the Spirit? We seek the Spirit. We ask the Spirit to fill us. We ask. It's an act of faith. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you just ask. It's as simple as that. And you don't need to be afraid. And too many people are just afraid to ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because God wants to do more. He wants to do more in your life and He wants to do more in my life. And there is so much more possible. You don't know when your days are ending. You just don't know. In a moment, you could be taken from this place, from this world. In a moment. Could be tomorrow. Could be next week. Could be in 20, 30 years. The question is, none of us know, do we? None of us know. But is it not a better place to, to try and live by the Spirit? And to try and connect with something through Jesus Christ? 
It might be that you've already started the journey and are wondering what to do next. You know, Jesus talks about being baptised. John the Baptist said that I baptise you with water, but somebody who's going to come behind me, somebody will follow me, who will not only baptise you with water, but he'll baptise you with the Spirit and with fire. See, they've got it. He'll baptise you with the Spirit and with fire. And so there's a sense of being baptised. And what we do is when we get baptised in water, it's like dying to yourself. It's being born again. It's like deciding not to be one of these sort of wineskins, which, uh, which are not that great. It's like changing your mind, not being one of them. It's like trying to be one of these. When you get baptised, you get born again, and you get born again into Scottish leather. The best leather ever. Best leather in the world. Sad thing is if you stop making it now, more or less. Best leather in the world. Very expensive. Worth something. Do you know baptism's very expensive? It costs an awful lot. It costs an awful lot. It doesn't cost us anything other than our pride. But it costs God, His Son, Jesus. Jesus made it all possible. Jesus, His Son. God loved us so much that He sent His Son to die on the cross. Why? So that we can have wineskins made in Scottish leather. You'll get that, won't you? Wineskins. Good wineskins. Wineskins that can hold new wine. At the start of the service I was talking about tongues. And perhaps one or two people might have cringed about that because it's not, you're just not sure about it or you think it's not for us or whatever. You could class that like as new wine. New wine. And it might be that you get upset about these sort of things. And maybe you just need to say, Lord, is this of you? Because surely we only want the things of God, don't we? Surely we only want the things of God. And if that's the way God's taken us, surely that's where we want to go. So I'll leave, I'll leave it with you on that, that. That it might be this morning, and I'm going to bring this because you might just be in such a place so we're just going to take this opportunity this morning it might be that there's somebody here this morning that is carrying such a weight that they want to just hand it over to God and I want to encourage you if that's you just come out and just come and just pick this up if you can or that one and just have a moment and I'll just pray with you and I'll just pray with you so we can Feel free if you want to do that at any moment, any time. I don't want to bend your arm up your back, but if that's you, if there's somebody here that you're carrying away and it just will not go, just uh, invite you forward. It's a safe place, okay?